Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. We are so thankful that you have joined us for this episode. This is the third installment on the topic dealing with syncretism. Uh, And we uh, spell syncretism as S-Y-N-C-R-E-T-I-S-M, syncretism. And syncretism, again, uh, is the desire or attitude and uh, a theological pursuit to blend what is righteous with the unrighteous or the uh, perception that it's okay to bring in to your Christian walk things that God has already denounced. Uh, it could be philosophy. It could be your th- uh, theological worldview. It could be a custom that you learned from your environment. It could be your um, perceptions built around how you were reared or past relationships, things that you've adopted into your life that you thought was acceptable at one time in your life, but God has uh, denounced from a biblical worldview. So syncretic behavior can be found globally, but I'm hoping that you look in the mirror and as you read uh, God's word, which in essence is a mirror, uh, because God's word illuminates who we really are not based on the makeup that we're using nor the uh, face that we put on before we go to church. God's word deals with us intimately. Uh, God is not trying to pacify us. He's not trying to uh, soothe us uh, or present to us somebody that we're not. And that's what I love about Jesus. He tells us about ourselves. He reveals who we really are to ourselves until we get to the point where we can say, woe is me, I am a wretch undone. So if you want somebody that can tell you the truth, learn to talk to God, learn to uh, follow the lead of Christ, and he will reveal your true selves to you. And the great thing about Jesus is he just doesn't leave us right where we are. Jesus can clean us up. And bring us back out looking better than we were before. Uh, So uh, he doesn't want us to continue to practice those things that are not in alignment with what he wants for us. Uh, I liken it to your doctor. For a good doctor wouldn't want you to keep doing things that is unhealthy. A good doctor would tell you the truth. A good doctor would analyze the situation 
and present to you your options. And it's up to you uh, if you want to be healthy to follow those options. And if you continue to uh, eat the wrong way, you continue to not exercise, you continue to keep smoking when you have emphysema, then that's not a good decision. Right. So Jesus is the chief physician and he tells us what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, uh, acceptable and him as um, the word, him as the alpha and omega. God knows us inside and out. So when God tells us something, it's not purely punitive. God loves us. And that's why Paul can uh, remind his followers, uh, his being Jesus, Jesus followers, that um, God loves us so much that he chastises us. And what father would not chastise his or her uh, son or daughter? And that's what Paul was trying to convey. God is a good father and he loves us uh, in a way that most people I can't love us and God's love is either, is even, uh, more pronounced than the love we have for ourselves. Uh, God's love is way deeper and it's more impactful. So syncretic behavior is not a good thing. Is bringing in the unholy and trying to justify it. It's, is uh, bringing in the condemned and trying to uh, make it acceptable. God has already condemned certain actions. God has already condemned a certain behavior and he wants us to follow the alternative. You know, God never takes away something without putting something else in his place. Uh, many of you that are listening today uh, can testify to your own stories about how God delivered you uh, from certain behavior and he replaced it with love. He replaced it with joy. He replaced it with discipline. He replaced it uh, with um, unity. He he replaced it uh, with something that's righteous. I know oftentimes we often feel as though when we're given something up for Christ, we feel as though I'm giving this up. What am I going to do? You're trying to figure it out on your own, but... I want to encourage you to step out on faith. If you're listening to me right now, step out on faith. And I promise you, God will meet you on the other side if you step out on faith. So in our last episode, we brought up uh, syncretic behavior in ancient Israel. And as we look at the Old Testament, we see several places where Israel uh, would turn away from God. They would play the harlot as we find in Hosea and God uh, would bring them back. God would love on them and God would perform a miracle. And um, when we look at the Old Testament, we find numerous, numerous occasions where uh, ancient Israel will be on the mountaintop. I mean, I mean that figuratively where God would have done something and they would all be in awe and they were all ready to worship and follow him. And then a few days later, uh, they would be back to wanting to do things their own way. And so in uh, the book of the Judges, we all know about uh, Samson and uh, his unique 
a position in God's uh, narrative and God's uh, function for him. Um, Samson, uh, from the story that we're told, was a judge and God wanted to use him for righteous purposes. But Samson had uh, issues with the opposite sex and um, he wouldn't follow the prescription that God had given him to stick with a certain type of woman. He wanted to always um, survey the land and and choose uh, other women that were not in alignment with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So as a result, he ran into Delilah and um, Delilah, uh, called Samson to uh, yield his secret, and Samson uh, was essentially or consequentially arrested by the Philistines. And uh, when he came unto himself and realized what he had done, he asked God for one more triumph. And uh, in this tr- in this narrative of Samson, uh, when they took out his eyes and uh, allowed him to put his hands on the pillars, he was able to perform one great miracle uh, to tear down the temple and uh, destroy his enemies one last time. So I'm summarizing, but I encourage you to read the story of Samson. But there's a narrative in there in Judges 16 and 23 that I wanted to bring a highlight to. It says in verse 23, chapter 16 of Judges, Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. And that's Judges 16.23. And this is uh, before the temple sequence that I just alluded to. uh, When they seized Samson after he had divulged his secret, Um, this is what they were saying to themselves, the rulers of the Philistines. They were basically gloating over the fact that they had captured Samson. And in essence, it was a sacrifice to their God, Dagon. And for our purposes, I just wanted to highlight uh, that this environment of this idol worship in the culture of the Philistine uh, society or Philistine civilization. And in the same way, uh, it's not just... Uh, the Philistines that have created a God made with hands. It's all over. And since the beginning of time, since the fall of man, uh, man, once sin came into our uh, gene pool, we were always, we always had this tendency to worship other things beside God. And the sadness is we're taking what belongs to God and we're repurposing it to other things that can't help us. Anything outside of the creator is a false idol. Anyone that's venerated outside of the authentic God is a false idol. And to, for for our, our purposes, for a Christian to continue to bring in customs that have been condemned by God is a syncretic act. 
Okay, so we want to avoid syncretism. So watch yourselves carefully. Since you did not see any form on the day, the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire so that you do not act corruptly and make a graven image for yourselves in the form of any figure. The likeness of the male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the sky. Deuteronomy 4, 15 through 20. So this is God's charge to ancient Israel again. Do not uh, perform acts to anything outside of God. Do not perform practices that have been already condemned by God. So, for example, many people engage in occultic practices. And they may not even know that it's occultic. And it's even sadder if this individual professed to be a Christian, but yet still practicing or engaging in conduct or behavior that is inconsistent with Scripture. When I say inconsistent with Scripture, I'm repeating myself because I want us to get this. There are certain acts that God have already condemned. We don't need to ask anyone if it's okay. We don't need to uh, go look on the computer to see if it's okay. We don't even need to ask a fellow church member. There's something God has already stated in the scriptures. And if we want to know what God is saying, read the word for yourself. Then if you have questions, you talk to somebody that's wise in the Lord and someone that uh, you trust, somebody that's been walking with the Lord and and can kind of give you a perspective on what that text is saying. But avoid occultic practices. And when I say occult, occultic practices, uh, it comes from that Latin word occultus, and it means hidden, uh, things that are beneath uh, things that are concealed. And it's interesting that a lot of uh, cultic groups uh, categorize certain things that they do and they want you to keep it secretive. And that's what the devil does. The devil knows that there are some things that you're struggling with, but he wants you to keep it a secret so you can't get the help that you need. So if you're listening to me, if there's things that you're struggling with, and you know that it's impairing your relationship with Christ, that it is impairing your ministry. You need to talk to someone that you can trust, someone in the Lord that can point you in the right direction to get you the help that you need. But don't struggle with it alone. So things such as seances, right, uh, the gathering, in uh, in in trying to talk to uh, those that have passed on, those in the afterlife, God has already condemned things as using a Ouija board uh, and uh, moving it around and trying to get uh, certain mediums to talk to you and to consort with you. God has already condemned these type of acts. Uh, things uh, dealing with necromancy. God has condemned things such as channeling. God has condemned 
things such as fortune telling. Uh, even in my neighborhood, uh, you find palm readers. Uh, and they're advertising and they're bold now. Uh, even on television, there is uh, now co- uh, commercials for uh, psychic reading and they're trying to make it mainstream and they're trying to uh, get people to think it's okay. And it's not okay. Uh, God has already told us uh, to not deal with these type of people. Uh, do not even allow yourself uh, to be caught up in these type of practices uh, because you will become infected. And I'm not saying that as a Christian you can be demon-possessed, but you can't be uh, demonically influenced. You can't be demon-possessed, but you can't be demonically influenced. And we don't need to bring in any uh, any more issues into our lives as it is. So God is trying to keep you away from things that can harm you, things that can distract you, things that can burden you. He wants you to be free. God has already condemned incantations, uh, things dealing with spells and people coming up with spells or uh, even in the South, uh, there are people that are engaged in voodoo and God has already condemned those type of practices. And as a Christian, Let's say you grew up in the South like I did. Uh, it would be easy for me to uh, say I believe in voodoo practices. And now that I'm a Christian, it would be easy for me to think it's okay for me to continue uh, practicing voodoo. And it's not okay. God has already condemned it. Witchcraft, God has already condemned. Uh, black magic, God has already condemned. So... I want to talk about liberation. For the last two shows, we've been talking about syncretic behavior. Uh, We've been talking about uh, what God wants from us versus what he doesn't want from us. And what he doesn't want from us is for us to carry over the things that he's already condemned. So when we look at the scriptures... For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. It says, so then, about eating food, sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there, there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. First Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. First Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. When you get a chance, please read that more thoroughly and read it in context. And so what Paul is trying to tell a Corinthian church is that um, I have to ad- address this situation about food sacrificed to idols. We shouldn't be sacrificing uh, or giving offerings to anyone or anything else outside of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a summation of that passage. There should be no offering given to anyone or anything outside of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Christ is not accepting just any type of offering. You can kill all the bullock you want and bring it to church on a Sunday morning. That's not going to satisfy God in this modern day. 
what God wants is a sacrifice of yourself. You can be as circumcised as you want to be from your foreskin. But what God wants from you now is circumcision of the heart. You can shed all the blood of animals, oxen, that you want. But what God wants is for you to admit that you're a sinner. So the, remit, the, uh, the, the shedding of his blood will lead to remission of your sin. So our uh, directive is to not engage in any conduct or behavior that will cause us to stumble or cause us to lose perspective of the truth that God has given us. So if we want to be liberated, learn to not practice things that God has already condemned. Learn to offer or give your offering towards the authentic God instead of the false God. So some of these offerings are not just uh, things from the Old Testament. Some things that we can offer God as an example. There are some music that needs to be uh, let go. Uh, there are some things that you're listening to that you need not listen to anymore. There are some things that you're looking at that you shouldn't be looking at anymore. And these can cause syncretic behavior. If, if there's things that you know are unholy or unrighteous that you are listening to or looking at, it's not going to blend well with holiness. It's going to take you away from who God wants you to, to become. So you can't be holy, walk circumspect, but yet be practicing unholiness. That is a syncretic model, and we don't want to practice syncretism. It leads to us being further away from God than we ought to be. Then there's a passage um, in Acts chapter 19, verses 17 through 20. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So these new converts of the early church, they had a right. They chose to not practice syncretism. The uh, book that they had to practice sorcery meant a lot to them before Christ. But after Christ, they knew they had to give it up. And really, that's what liberation is all about. Christ came to liberate us from those, some of the things we thought were valuable, but in Christ we realized that they were actually a stumbling block. So that's the doctrine of syncretism. Uh, we pray that you learned something from the past uh, two to three episodes. This is the third one. Uh, if you missed the previous episode, go on our website, srministries.org, and you'll find it there. Now, we pray that you learned something to benefit you. Continue to do for the truth what others do for a lie. And please go on our website 
and become a financial sponsor. We need your help so we can continue training Christians and defending the faith. May God bless you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.